1: Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. I am Ron Kolicki, host, of the gatekeeper of the unknown, unexplained, unbelievable, the guy with the light up headset, New <laughs> England's own Van Helsink. And with me, the lovely Bon bomb herself, Ian Kerrigan. <laughs>
2: the lovely what?
1: Bon Hershel.
2: I don't know.
1: Yeah, after pronouncing. I, I pronouncing all those words in the first show
2: <laughs> he's tongue-tied mm. even more than usual well hello everybody nice to be back missed you last week sorry
1: yeah we did well i felt bad for roy me, oh, our oh. producer who was ill and uh, not ill but anyways yep yeah, so he's okay he's okay he's, he's well he's he'll, ne- okay. he'll never be okay
2: but <laughs>
1: At any rate, here we are. Yeah, we are back. So, anyways, uh, this is be much better than the first show. I, can go God, I hope get. so. <laughs> <laughs> Although I still got images of that talking toilet in my... Yeah, it's
2: a little it's frightening. Good.
1: I'm telling you, I'm going to write a script for that new haunted one, you know, where the toilet attacks people. Oh, my God. Can you see that lid going... Oh, my God. You know, your, okay. your woman, she tries to get out of the bathroom while the doors are locked in you hear... Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm telling you, it'd be a hit. I don't know. It'll be a hit. It'll be Uh sequel.
2: Uh-huh. <laughs> B-movie, C-movie. I don't even know how far the list goes no, down. I don't know.
1: It goes down, yeah, pretty but well.
2: Anyways, we
1: do, we do have a guest today. Thank so, God. Uh, we missed you guys last week, and uh, Josh was going to be on uh, last week, but uh, he's here today, so that's Yay. all at that us. And joining us now is Josh Mantello, the founder of the Berkshire Paranormal, the Super Duper, High Mucky Muck Mason, and <laughs> uh, all of that. Steve, I mean, what's his name? Uh, Josh. Josh, you're there.
3: I'm here. How are you doing tonight?
1: Good. Good. Did I did I tell any cigarettes away? But I called you a Mason, or did?
3: No, no we are not a, it is not a secret society. What? It you is sure? a society oh, with secrets. You, sh-
1: you sure? There's, <laughs> there's, there's lots of uh, shows out there on Netflix and all those other channels that talk about the yeah. evils of Unfour- masonry.
3: <laughs> Unfortunately, they um, they, 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 twist the truth of the definition of secret society. You know, mm. it's mm-hmm. to be secretive, it's kind of tough to uh, claim you're secretive when you publicly advertise, publicly list your membership, and That's true. put your symbols on the exterior of your building. That's not very secretive.
2: The Masons have the best symbols ever. <laughs> ever.
3: That is true.
2: Oh, my God. I I see us. Uh, I'm in a cemetery, and I see a stone loaded with Masonic symbols. I lose my mind. I just can't. I That love
1: explains it. a lot.
2: Yeah. See what <laughs> happens. It's that book I read, too, you know, The Lonely Doll from yeah, the last show. You had to hear it. But anyways.
1: Yeah, if you don't know what to talk about.
2: Go back and listen.
1: <laughs> go back and listen. I will. I, I, I will. You will. You will never, ever be able to get that out of your mind. <laughs> um. Anyway. All right, so I'm playing with my new computer here, and I've got. And two he's not quite up.
2: sure what he's doing.
1: But it looks like I'm all set now. Anyways, I hope. Apparently,
2: I we're on the air. So.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, anyways, uh, for those who don't know, is is I've known Josh. Uh, let's see. I think it was God 2007, Josh. But 2000.
3: It's. It was. Yeah, the mid 2000s there ish. I, I I'd have to look up the the records. there find out when it was, but that sounds about right. It's
1: been over a decade and a half. Oh, it's been a while. It's been a long while. And and uh, you and your, your father were always uh, quite hospital, hospital, yeah, hospitable to us. <laughs> uh, yep. Yep. And for those who don't know what we're talking about, Josh uh, and, his, and the Masons uh, own the uh, Houghton Mansion, which of course was became famous on, on such shows as Ghost Adventurers, Ghost Hunters, Ghosty Ghosties and I Like Ghosties and all those other shows that have ghosties in them. Uh, I like ghosties. Okay. I don't know. It's probably a show. You, you never know.
3: <laughs> well there's 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 no no shortage of uh ghost hunting paranormal shows anymore, that's for sure. Yeah. I, okay. we were actually the uh, the first episode to be taped for ghost adventures. Um, that right. episode wow. even though it was I think the fourth to air season one episode four, it was the first time they actually shot It was the first episode shot so <laughs> that, that takes uh, wow. how far back you know that goes and you know we had investigated it with you years before that you know
1: you know i think that's the only show of ghost adventures that i've watched <laughs> i um
3: i don't watch too many myself uh the the whole tv aspect of it uh really in a way kind of got out of hand i think and mm-hmm. it, it kind of turned me off of it for a little bit <laughs>
1: I, 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 I actually came
3: across,
1: uh, uh, as, as a lot of people know, that we have this uh, group on uh, Patreon. Uh, you can become a member and you get access to exclusive videos and, and, and stuff. And I, I came across this. TVT uh, that I had, which was Chronicle, uh, and it was Josh and his father on Chronicle. Do you remember that, Josh?
3: I do. Um that was actually I had a lot of fun with that one. Um you know you know in our heyday and it it's it's tough for me because I look back at to where my life is now and in in my my lack of involvement I've I've really been on kind of a hiatus from the the paranormal world and especially when October hits and it's October, November, and it's, you know, all mainstream, I really get reminiscent. <laughs> I look back at those mm-hmm. times and it was so much fun, you know, uh, doing that. And I, I do remember the Chronicle episode that was, um, they had contacted us and came out, you know, probably for a, you know, a Halloween episode, you know, like, you know, you do every October. And mm-hmm. it seems like every year somebody, a different network was coming calling and asking for, you know, a little fifteen-minute segment, and that one was that one was fun, though. I do remember it.
1: Yeah, and uh, you know, uh, you've been doing this for a long time. You formed your group shortly after we visited the mansion, and uh, you you really embraced the paranormal. You you uh, hosted a ton of events. I mean, one of the the first paracons that I ever did, in fact, the paracons are fairly new then. We was held at the mansion and we had uh, Jeff Belanger there. We had uh, Linda Zimmerman, Dr. Bell. We had Sean and the two witches from Salem, Sean and Christian Day and uh, Elizabeth Foley, Angel Lady. We had we had a ton of different people on. That was uh, our biggest thing. Of course, we had in July, which was (laughs) a mistake. But it was it was uh, it was a great, great event. And after that, you you got heavily involved and you did your own events you i worked uh, with you a couple of times on other events too and, and and so you've been at the mansion doing paranormal stuff for all a decade and a half and you saw it evolve over the years it, was there a difference from when you first you know started doing this till when it ended
3: um yeah like i said unfortunately we we don't have the whole mansion anymore, and. When that fell through. I, I kind of fell through the cracks with the whole world myself. And the, it, it's it is funny because when we first started, it was you know the, the TV shows were just getting started. I think Ghost Hunters had just hit the air, and that was mm-hmm. they were the only the only game in town on on television. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and from and from there, you started to see more and more people showing up you know we would have events with 50 people we'd have events with 100 people we'd have events that we would cap out at 150 people it would sell out we we couldn't squeeze any more people in there and you know that you know the my phone would ring actually I, I got a text message four days ago can we still do a ghost hunt you know it oh, evolved really? and the, popu- the the popularity just snowballed into this massive thing and i in I remember we were the first group in, in Berkshire County. Berkshire Paranormal. We were the group. There was no others. And then over over a few years it was there was there was a half a dozen and there was a dozen and everybody was doing it. Everybody was buying equipment. You know, we used to have to buy our equipment at Radio Shack. You know, stuff that was right. designed for other purposes, you know, weren't designed for ghost hunting. And then there's Ghost Stop, there's St. Augustine, there's now there's there's you know hundreds of websites where you can buy EMF meters, K two meters, uh, millimeters, you know talking dolls, you know it, in you know it just snowballed in this giant popular thing, and and over that time even my view on it changed. You know I went oh I when I started I was hooked on I got to buy all the equipment I got to do all this from. I no longer want to do it with equipment and it It was more for a personal experience because we wanted, you wanted to experience something. There's nothing more thrilling than seeing something or feeling something yourself. That's way more thrilling than having a light flash on a, on a K2 meter. You know, (laughs) so we we really, we we transitioned from this tech heavy thing to more of a personal experience type of thing. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. And and Josh, you uh, you you like I said, you you really you managed the, the mansion. You 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 owned the mansion, and you had so many things happen there. And uh, is there anything that sticks out in your mind that is that was really your wow move moment for you?
3: Oh boy. <laughs> you know, it, it's it's tough to say. You know, um, probably you know, my, my, Oh, wow. Moment really was at another location. I'll talk about that later, but at the mansion, <laughs> the, 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 the biggest thing I remember once we were working with um, Steve Wilson, um, who is has, a has, has psychic abilities, the shaman and, 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 um, clairvoyant. And we were down in the the basement and we all know that there's, you know, This spirit of a small child in the basement, and you know, we had a group of maybe twenty people with us down in this basement. All the lights are off; it's dark, and I could feel something behind me. You know, you know, I equate it to that sensation. You ever been this? You could like tell somebody was staring at you, like behind your back. You know, you get that that feeling. You know, like I knew something was behind me, and, and it was it it felt menacing. It felt bad, like somebody behind me really wanted to, like, fight me, and I could, you know, my back was cold, it was, you know, the hair standing up on the back of my neck, kind of, something's going on, and I kept kind of looking over my shoulder, like, something was there, and you see, like, a little bit of a shadow moving around, but, you know, and then kind of, Steve had stopped what he was doing and said, Josh, I don't know what's happening right now, but whatever's over there doesn't like you, and, like, Mm -hmm. you know that's there, too, (laughs) He's like, oh, yeah, he's does something. And then, you know, they stopped what we were doing because I could see, like, you know, something moving around, like a shadow or something. You know, and I went over with a flashlight, turned on the light, looking all over. There's nothing over there. No one was over there. The, uh, everybody that was in our group was in front of me, and this was behind me. It was kind of in that center room. I don't know if you remember, there was a part in the ba- You know, it was a big basement. You know, it's not like a typical, like, house basement. It's a big open plan. You know had a lot of little rooms inside the basement, you know, and everybody was if if you remember this part of the basement was a part where we used to we set up some chairs and we would sit down there and they had like a toy ball and a doll and a pinwheel you know we try to get the, the little kid to to play with and we were there, and this was off in that back corner where all the tiles used to be stacked, if you remember it the ceiling tiles mm-hmm. or the roofing tiles, sorry right. and it was over in there it was just you know it was such a dark heavy heavy feeling you know you know in like the fact that somebody and I was quiet you know because I I was never one to really get the crowd riled up I didn't want to get people excited you know too excited or too scared you know Mm -hmm. so I was keeping it to myself keeping it to myself you know and the fact that somebody else picked up on it like oh that something's over there and it don't like you
2: (laughs) (laughs) you're just minding your own business Jeez. yeah (laughs) why don't you like me? What's wrong? Yeah. And,
3: you know, and then there was, I mean, then there's times upstairs, you know, the, the other probably most memorable, you know, the, the only time I could say I, I saw, you know, I don't want to call it a full body apparition, but it was a full figure. We were up in what was, you know, in what we called Witter's room. Um, mm-hmm. And, and, So up on the third floor, there's no electricity in there. And what we would do is actually, you know, sit in that room, shut shut off all the lights. It's night. It's completely dark in that room. And you sit there. Just sit and sit. You know, and and the laundry you sat, your your eyes adjusted to the light. You know, and you could start to make out just faint outlines of the people in the room with you. And, you know, and there was the doorway. I was sitting facing the doorway. and I remember I had my, my meters with me, you know, and and I could tell, I could see it was getting colder. It was getting colder. And all of a sudden I saw a full figure shadow, arms, legs, head, torso standing in front of the doorway, you know, and there was probably two or three other people in the room with me, small group. Uh, and, I, I stood up and I started to actually walk towards it. You know, my curiosity was like completely mm-hmm. peaked. I, I see this shadow oh, standing door. in front of me
0: <laughs>
3: and, and as I'm walking, I'm, I'm walking slowly. I don't want to scare it away. I'm walking towards, I'm walking towards it. And then as I'm walking towards it, Ron Jr. Comes in the room. No, He no. opens the door, you know, a flashlight and, you know, my eyes suddenly readjust to the new light, and whatever was there is gone, and and like the room got warm again, but like it was there, whatever it was 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 standing right there in front of me, and and that was those are probably the two. When I, I think back on all the encounters that happened, and there's countless. you know, I could I could write a you know, a, a dictionary-sized book. You know, I saw yeah. the encounters that happened in just that building. And that, and that it, was, it was that unreal.
1: That room is, was really interesting. In, in fact, I, I am almost positive that you were there. We were there one time with the group, and we were sitting in the room, and I was sitting by that little closet thing, and mm-hmm. I believe you were right next to me, and all of a sudden, that closet door, you know, the little shot when it goes into the crawl space. Yeah, it opened up, and I, I'm almost positive you were there to see that, Josh. But
3: uh, I do was that. I think, if I remember correctly, you you went right into the closet.
1: Yes, he
0: did. I he think
3: you good. had you had gone right in there, you know, <laughs> try in the, in those those little closets that were only three foot three feet tall you know, three and a half feet tall. I was hunched down trying to, and they would go in and they would wrap around oh, <laughs> you yeah. know, going right in there, trying to find what the heck that was. Yeah.
1: Cause it just, <laughs> it was weird. how it did it. And that same, I believe it was the same night because we we've been there a few times. Uh, but uh, it was late at night. Uh, I was up in that room uh, with uh, two, two girls and, we were sitting around waiting, you know, for the th- stuff, you know, the doors were all closed. We were sitting waiting for something to happen. And one of the girls said, Oh, something touched me on my back. And I <clears> said, Oh, I don't see anything. And, and she said again, Oh, it's sometimes I said, okay, I'll tell you what, sit on my lap. So, <laughs> uh-huh. yeah, uh-huh. So we did, she sat on. well, uh-huh. you know, yeah, yeah. So that thing yeah. could get to touch her. In other words, it was, I was there. So, not like she was really on my lap. The chair was in between my legs. And oh, that. all right. Okay. Whatever. We don't want to get into detail. It wasn't <laughs> All right. But we were sitting in there and then all of a sudden uh, the there's a corridor that leads to that room and we could hear footsteps down the corridor, boom, 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 get to the door. The doorknob turned and the door opened and it was absolutely nobody there. And this was that corridor. Yeah. The one, yeah. Was there like lockers there? down that corridor
3: yeah you know, yeah if you went down there and to i'm trying to close my eyes and picture it and you go yeah. down and to the, to the left and there was another large room they had all the, the wooden lockers um so if, for storage and, from the commandery and,
1: and you got a picture from that window there didn't you it, that you stand i did
3: the yeah and that was one was- of the very first um you know, very first times we really had gone out and did anything with the building, and I think we had we were I was launching a, a web page for it. you know I started a, a yeah. web page through some free web probably hosting fire, company.
1: Fire, fire, was it fire something or other? Yeah,
3: probably. Angel I tried, Fire. I forgot what it. Was. I yeah, it was, it was one of those free right. hosting company mm-hmm. out pages. Yeah, and right. uh, you know, so I wanted I was going around and just getting exterior shots. You know, and. You know, clicking, you know, took a picture of the front, took a picture of the side, took a picture of a room. Because I, in my head, I want, I wanted to do a virtual tour. You know, I, I, I wanted to build this virtual tour of the building. And, you know, I got back home and I was putting the pictures up on, on the computer. And I pulled up right in that window, you know, of that room, of Witter's room, where we just shared three experiences from. You know, there was a face. Long, white, wispy hair, you know, looking right down on me. And, you know, <laughs> and, mm. you know it, it was in, you know, I'm, you know, paranormal photography was is my, that was my, my niche. You know, that, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I'm a photographer, you know, I, I take pictures for sale and, and sell them and, and for, as, as, as a part of kind of a small business for myself so as a photographer, I really took that part of the paranormal world as as to to be my own, you know, and I try to recreate that picture a lot because I try to debunk every paranormal Mm -hmm. picture I see. I'm not a big orb fan. I don't really believe in orbs. I'm not a, you know, (laughs) none of that. And. You know, I try to recreate that picture under different lighting, under different exposures, at different times of the day, over and over and over again. It could never, ever get it to happen again. Mm-hmm. And so, as much as I love debunking ghost pictures, you know, to the point where I I made people really mad at me, you <laughs> know, telling them that, no, you mean, know, telling them, oh,
1: which is
3: good, yeah, <laughs> you know, and because you know that. I, you know, I want us to have solid proof I want us to have solid evidence I don't want proof and evidence that's conjecture I want it that you know I, I want it to be non-debunkable <laughs> you know so I tried and tried and tried and could never recreate that face looking down on me that day <laughs> you know and mm. it, it you know and part of me was thought it was maybe the trees the, you know a pattern in the leaves reflecting in it and I tried doing it with that, too, and never, never did it again.
1: Then it must be paranormal. I
3: always, must I always be.
1: remember that. I always <laughs> remember that photo, uh, uh, Josh. Now, the one thing I, I, I did uh, enjoy, and and Josh is right, he is a good photographer, and he actually, uh, I think it Very was, good. I can't remember which one of my events that I did at, but you did a presentation on uh, orbs.
2: Buttonwoods. Yes.
1: And, Yes, and and it was excellent, and uh, it, it, you really, uh, you know, I I won't say debunk because I hate the word, but you explained <laughs> some of the odd photos that are that are taken, and uh, the, poor Josh though I, I have to really uh, I feel bad about this because I I for the years I've had a paranormal study group at circles of wisdom, and then one time Kathy from circles asked me to uh, be there for this thing for the odd movie and then uh Josh gave his presentation, and there were a couple of people in there. do you remember that josh mm,
3: that were, that I do you? I, was,
1: like, I felt so bad for that
3: that was that was a valuable lesson for me though you know yeah. i in, in, in tactfulness oh in, in how to how to how how to speak to people <laughs> because <laughs> yeah, you know that because, no because afterwards you know some people had come up to me with their pictures and and you know I'm gonna be a tough guy that's gonna debunk everything and yeah no that didn't work out for me
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> so that, that was a that was a valuable lesson from that from that day forward when people have given me pictures to look at or or asked for my opinion I, I word them much more kindly now or try oh. to not come off quite so harsh
0: <laughs> <laughs> on, on
1: orbs is, you know, people ask me about orbs because they always ask paranormal investigators yeah. because they, they either believe or don't believe in or, or whatever. And they ask me, what do I think of orbs? And I always say, I hate orbs because I know that everything just about all of them can be explained. Uh, however, you know there are some people that will have an ob in a photograph and they'll they'll show it to me and they'll say, okay, see the the, the this ob on my nephew's uh, shoulder. Well, that's my grandfather. Right. So yep, it's it's like okay, you know, I, I understand that. Okay, you say you can say it's a ghost, it's a spirit, or something like that. But to be specific, so it must yeah. be something more uh, that that it gave them that belief. And who They're am I to tear that away from it? And so, yeah. right. you know, and, and that's,
3: and, and that's really what I had learned. And, and it was a situation just like that, you know, and, you know, you know, they may have held out of that picture for years yeah. um, right. with a well, deep have to felt off, feeling. You
1: have to hold on to that thought, uh, Josh, because we got to take a break right now. <laughs> So anyways, you're listening to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with uh, Ann Carrigan and Ron Kolick right here on Tojanette and PowerX Radio, brought to you by Circles of Wisdom, uh, 386 Merrimack Street, Methuen, Massachusetts, and the Glant Messier Family Law Group, 15 High Street, North Andover, Massachusetts, and our good friends on Ghost Chronicles Radio on Patreon, YouTube, you can become a member. And our guest today is Josh Mantel. We'll be right back after the following messages.
2: And welcome back to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Ron and Ann and our very special guest and friend tonight, Josh Mantello.
3: Josh, you still here? I am still here.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That was I'm like, whoa, where'd he go?
3: (laughs) (laughs) I muted my I muted the phone for a second, forgot to Um, unmute it.
1: That's okay. So uh, yeah, so the the orb thing was was uh, it was a great presentation, uh, but yep. yeah, I, I hate orbs and you know. That's...
2: I do think that people get emotionally attached to orbs, oh, sure. and I would have my my sister-in-law used to send me pictures and say, "Look at this!" and the it's an orb and it's right over you know the children's heads, and and I'm like, I just didn't know what to tell her, you know, I'm like. Mm. Oh yeah, isn't that cool? (laughs) I don't want to. And and that's
3: it. Is you know, you know, they have this very, you know, interwoven story about it. You know, and it's there's there's an emotional and sentimental value to it that you know that Mm -hmm. their husband, their grandfather, their child, are are still interacting in some way. And then who is this guy to tell me that he's not? You know, so you know that was. The lesson I learned, you know, is that, you know, sometimes, you know, they have this very strong emotional attachment to that orb because they've have a strong belief that that orb yeah. is a loved one. And they've thought that mm-hmm. for years. And, you know, here mm-hmm. comes some hot shot debunker mm-hmm. going to tell me yeah. differently, you know? Right. and,
2: and they you just, know, so. I think people, in the end, they just want validation. Yeah. Um, Even, you know, in their head, they already believe it, but they just want to be validated. So that's
1: that's that's the problem. A lot of people have these beliefs about orbs and and other things in in the paranormal. And it's just like, you know, God, you can't prove that God exists. Yet lots of people believe it. And if you attack their beliefs is what basically you're right. doing mm-hmm. yeah. then you know they get yeah. a little defensive which I totally understand mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, it's belief, I think, basically.
3: you know which we, we you know not all groups but I think most groups and most researchers investigators you know try to apply some level of scientific method to their do investigations they really, Do they really Josh? yeah I said some at some <laughs> level <laughs> you know. And or at least maybe the good ones do. Uh, and, you know, uh, unfortunately, we are dealing with the unknown, you know, and this was the speech I would always give when, you know, when I posted a big event is, you know, there's science and there's known science. You know, we know this is gravity. We know why the sky is blue. This is the science. You know, actually now people even doubt whether the earth is round, but. Still, you know, we know there is science. And unfortunately, in the paranormal world, in the paranormal realm, as much as we like to think we were claiming we are working on a science, that science doesn't have any set boundaries and parameters like the proven sciences. You know, we are dealing in an unproven science. So there is no definitive truth. You know, we're all still searching for that definitive truth. So until... Mm -hmm you know, the parameters of that science is explained, like 2 plus 2 will always equal 4. You know, water will always boil at this temperature. You know, water will always freeze at this temperature. That's written science. You know, that's fact. You know, until the paranormal reaches that level, if it ever does, we're still always really just guessing as to whether or not what we're experiencing, seeing, feeling, and getting on all our meters.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Is actually anything at all besides a fluke coincidence, or is it a ghost?
1: Mm. Yeah, Definitely. The, the the problem is that we we throw that word science around, and people use the word science because they use instruments or something. But science is not the use of instruments. It's it's the study. It's the systematic study of a a, uh, a a behavior, a physical or or natural occurrence in the world through observation hmm. and experience and it's repeatable uh and a lot of people uh don't really they they use the term science uh you know you'll hear a lot of times I'm a scientific medium it's like well
3: okay <laughs> what's that I would that? I would always say we were quasi science
1: you know <laughs> you can
3: you, you can know, or-
1: you can use science. Science is, is basically how you do a thing. It's it's the study of it. If if you you do right. it properly, that's science. If if you uh, do it improperly, you're not really doing science. You're really just doing what you want, basically. Uh, it, it, there are methods. There are, are um, you know, you know it's open to study that so it's repeatable uh, and. And what we do is it is really not uh, just because we use instruments and uh, people call it science. But that's not really what it is. But whatever we do, uh, the the Helton Mansion was certainly an interesting place. Uh, you have been there like uh, for so many, so many years. And and I, and I know that you eventually installed uh, closed circuit television and in, 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 at the mansion. Were, were you ever able to get anything on that? Uh, Closed circuit television.
3: Uh, it didn't run twenty four hours a day, so we would actually really only turn it on when we were investigating. Uh-huh. Uh, and wow. there were times it did capture um... Oh, I'm sorry. you know, it's <laughs> funny. Yeah, it always captured. It, it was a dusty <laughs> place. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
3: um, you know, it's it, funny enough, it never really captured anything when I was there. Uh, but there were a few times um, I know, God, I, I'd have to find the video. And Nick was doing, I, I didn't do the overnight stays so much. You know, I took care of all the events and the tours and Nick really took care of the overnight stays. So like, you know, once a month people would pay and they could come and spend the night so he ran it during like the overnight stays. And I remember one video specifically, there's two guys uh, that were investigating and he was like taking pictures of them investigating and they were, his back was to the set of double doors that led towards the lodge room. And while, and they were kind of near, I think they were like by the doorway to Mary's room. And while he was like, kneeled down taking a picture you could watch on the camera the door behind him just close on its own (laughs) you know for no for no apparent reason and i think the best part about it was seeing everybody's reactions like i said i've really become a you know what was the experience for the person type of investigator and so for me it was watching the reactions to all the people like it's you know there was no sound but you you could just imagine what they were saying you, like watching their their facial expressions and they were like you know that just happened did you see that you know like <laughs> and yeah, then they're yeah. like you're yeah. pointing at the camera oh, look that cat that caught it and they played it back and sure enough you nobody was near the door and the door just kind of wow. decided to you know to go from full open all the way to close all on its <laughs> own.
1: that's cool but you do know I, and, do you think you think uh, the paranormal experience is really a personal experience more than a uh oh, it an is. repeatable experience
3: i mean it's you know it's i mean i've had groups of people have paranormal experiences mm-hmm. but i think what it meant to each person was different
1: right right mm-hmm. no uh, i know yeah. oh, go ahead, yeah. one go ahead.
2: time when we were there i know that so there was a guy in uh the group that we were going around with and he was a lawyer. And he oh, was yeah. just very matter of fact oh, about yeah. it. And he uh, he he went in as nope, this is all bunk, this is this is BS. <laughs> and throughout the night things kept being centered around him and things kept happening happening to him. And by the end of his time there, he was like, oh my God, my, I've just like, my eyes have been opened and he was just amazed. And, and yeah. for him, that personal experience for him was incredible. Cause I, I just, I, I remember him talking about it.
3: You know? it's, you know, I had something very similar to that happen. We used to do, uh, from September, the first Sunday in September until the, first sunday in november so you know the the spooky season Uh and we would do sunday night tours you know five dollars a person good deal however many people show up and we would do a walkthrough tour and basically it was like a two-hour ghost hunt you know i we would split it if we had to if it got really large we would split it into multiple into a couple groups but, you know, especially in September, you know, it got really crowded around as we got closer to Halloween, but usually in September. And I remember I had a group of maybe 15, 20 people and, you know, and I'm sure you've done a lot of public speaking, Ron. You can always read the faces of the crowd. You know, you're always kind of looking around and seeing who's interested and who's not. And there was these two girls and two guys, two couples that came and you could, I could completely tell that the girlfriends dragged the boyfriends to this, and they had <laughs> zero interest at all in being there. And you know, I'm and because I, I could tell you know as I'm talking, you know, I could see their eyes rolling. You know, they're just not interested. And I like, okay. And I remember we got up into the lodge room, and and we this whole group of twenty people, we kept seeing a shadow figure. Moving around in the back hallway, and it was it, and it was clear everybody saw it. Where there was a noise associated with it, you know, there was like a bump or a bang that came along with it, and we saw the shadow. Those, you know, so for the first hour, these guys were rolling their eyes, completely disinterested. That last hour of the two-hour tour, they wanted to know everything as to ah. what was going on, why what happened there, what does that mean, because. <laughs> you know, you know, they, they had bought in, you know, and they, maybe they still talk about it to this day, but you know, that experience for them was eye opening. They, they saw a ghost. It was like my first, you know, before we met you guys and, and had our first investigation at the mansion with you, I was indifferent. I wasn't a non-believer, but I wasn't like a believer. And, And I'll never forget, you know, you know, you know, we were we were the following you around, you know, and I remember, you know, Ron, you had your, your cell sensor, you know, the little mm-hmm. flashy oh, yeah. red light on sounds- top and,
2: uh-huh. yeah. <laughs>
3: you know, and you're going around and, you know, and, and, you know, I was asking a million questions. What does that mean? What does that mean? And I remember at one point in the night, I was like, can I try it? Can I use it? And you're like, sure. And I was taking it around. And I remember I got somewhere in the lodge room and it was flashing and I was like, what's that? I'm going to my hand out and feeling like this mass of cold air and like my hand was tingling and the, the light was flashing. That was like my first experience.
2: Oh, you know, that's cool.
3: From that point forward, it just snowballed into this massive adventure for me. <laughs>
1: yeah. And it was, it was a good that's adventure. Awesome. One, that... one of the, one of the things I will always remember from the first investigations when I conned, Maureen uh Maureen wood who was uh, my medium was working with me at the time, and uh I called her into a seance in the, in the room there oh, and, it and we, we remember do you remember that at all oh right. yeah I'll never forget that either <laughs> and uh yeah your, your father was in there, and uh I forget what exactly went on there but something touched him, and he jumped up. It ran out of the room, screaming, at "My ass! I'm out of here! <laughs> I'm out of here! I want nothing to do with it! I'm out of here!" <laughs> I will never forget that. That was one of the most enjoyable experiences I ever had. I mean, I don't that in the
3: motion. That and the you had that door alarm motion sensor hanging yep. off of a door,
0: yep. and it
3: went off on its own. <laughs> and yeah, my sister awesome. was like in the hallway nearby, and she oh, yeah. she went off. And and she yelled, "Oh!" Yelled and ran down the hall.
1: <laughs> you know, we we were doing that séance, and, and the pocket doors were rattling too. That was that was a cool yeah. thing. I remember. Yeah, that. that was really.
3: I mean, that was some, good God, amazing. the level of intensity in that in that building. And it was never i mean, there were times like I said earlier, you know it, it felt a little negative, it felt heavy, but yeah. it ninety percent of the time it it was it wasn't bad, it wasn't like a amityville horror house, you know yeah, it was right. i know yeah all right, all right. it was you know over the course of year, you know you know some of my best friends were like people that weren't alive anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, I would walk in the building and be like, how are we doing today, AC? How's mm-hmm. it going today, Mary? You know, it's almost like I, I built a relationship with these these people <laughs> who had been dead for over 100 years now, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and, you know, I have some mementos that I, I still have from the place that, you know, that, that I took with me, um, mm-hmm. you know, some physical items. And believe it or not, within the last year, I was actually to, actually had a chance to go back in the building for the first time in over five years, you know,
1: Josh, people might not know what, what happened. So, uh, basically you sold the building, correct?
3: Right. So it it was a mansion, you know, it was a giant, I don't even know how many square feet, but it was a lot mansion. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, for Freemasons, you know, as much as people like to think we run the world and we're, you know, <laughs> we have our pockets and everything, we couldn't afford to heat the place. Right. <laughs> so, you know, right. the heating bill was atrocious. It needed uh, everything. God, you know, it needed so much work. It needed a new roof. It needed updated electrical systems. It needed an updated fire suppression. It just, it needed Way more work than the the Masonic Lodge could ever, ever afford. And yes, the paranormal stuff did bring in money. It was a fundraiser, but even still, you know, we would have to have been doing sleepovers every night, seven nights, you know, seven days a week for 365 days a year. And we probably still couldn't afford it. You know, the TV appearances don't pay, you know, so we they, we had to get rid of it. It was it was a money pit, you know. Mm-hmm. At the at the end of the year, you know, and as much as we loved it, you know, you know the the fraternity and the the, the lodge itself just couldn't afford it. And the insurance, I mean, the insurance on the place alone was was through the roof too, right. you know. So you know, it, it had to go. We had some other personal fallouts amongst some other people too that didn't help the situation either. And you know, there were some divisions that separate and it just it you know it it had to go unfortunately and it, it sold and it sold to a development company that you know I know the owners um, I I speak to them with them free. you know not frequently but often enough and you know so they had reached out to me I guess some people had reached out to to the owners and if they're listening um if they happen <laughs> to be listeners of the show um some people had reached out to the owners and you know Um, concerned that there were um, items of historical value that were still in the building um, and, you know, that needed to be saved or restored. And they don't know much about the building that they even own. So, you know, they had reached out to me and said, do you want to do a walkthrough and give us an actual walkthrough of the building and let us know what we have? And I said, absolutely. I'd love to be able to go in there again, to be honest with you. Mm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's, it's, you know, walking in that door for the first time in five years, it was like walking into a home and it's like, I, I, you know, I, I knew they were all there still, (laughs) you know, and, you know, and, and, you know, nothing of significant value was still left behind. There are some items still behind and there are some things that I'm probably still going to go back in and maybe get my hands on, um, Mm -hmm. you know, when I get the next opportunity, but and it, 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 it was all masonic stuff to be honest with you there was nothing right. historical yeah. to the city nothing historical to the original owners it was all just discarded masonic stuff that in reality has no no monetary value it's all intrinsic in value mm-hmm. you know so for the if if they're listening we we've walked through we've taken a look there's really nothing of super value there <laughs> still mm-hmm and and also you know the um, the current owners have zero interest in the paranormal right (laughs) or or ghost hunting or ghost hunting groups uh, because that's the other question that comes up a lot like i said i got a text message last week i still get Mm. a phone call on occasion or a facebook message Mm. about whether or not they're doing tours or sleepovers or haunted events and you know, somebody who was writing a book knows I was involved and said, you know, you know, can you reach out for me? And I was like, they're not interested. Tired. Right okay. now, they're not interested. And I think in the building is not in the best condition. And I the, the big part of that not interested is. It's a liability. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, there's it's a liability. And, you know, they, they don't need somebody getting hurt in mm-hmm. while well under their ownership and and going after the insurance for it it's just, so for them the, the liability of, of the building's condition versus you know opening it up for any sort of public thing even if it's just a two or three people going through on a tour it's, are it's not gonna, worth it. Yeah.
2: Well, what are they going to do with it? Are they going to make it into housing, uh,
3: apartments? Um I I'm not sure. It's it's uh. kind of in limbo. They they had some plans for the pandemic didn't help.
2: Yeah, right. <laughs> Absolutely,
3: the pandemic didn't help. They own other properties, um, Mm -hmm. other venues, other other uh, other things within the city, and I I think over the course of the pandemic, they had to focus on that stuff to keep it afloat. Right, and I I I don't know where they are now with it. Besides, definitely
2: historic. I mean, it is of playing into the history of North Adams. Um, Absolutely. The building itself, you know, the family, the Houghton's. Um,
1: but that, bil- that yeah. building was originally moved from somewhere else, wasn't it, Josh?
3: No, the the building that was originally there was moved somewhere else, so that one could ah, be built.
1: There you go. Okay, that's it.
3: All right. You yes. know, flip flopped it, but yes, and that and that was part of the reason. One of the things we felt is you know that was one of the coolest things too. The basement was awesome. I loved the basement. Everybody loved hanging yeah. out in the basement because there was a there was a little kid in that basement. <laughs> you know, you, you, you changed my mind. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> lodge, anybody, who ever,
2: yeah. anybody who ever, yeah, the laudrom.
3: Anybody who ever the was like, intense and, and haunted. But yeah. God, anybody you know, who spent any time in that basement, you'd go down there and you'd you'd see that little shadow running around. You'd see the toys that we brought down get moved. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, and one of the things is we thought was the basement. Whatever that little child was in the basement might have actually been somehow attached to the original home. You know, because they they clearly didn't fill in a cellar hole to, to dig another one for a new building. They probably kept the original cellar hole from the original building. And, you know, maybe what that little child was. Because Houghton didn't have any small children that died at that house. He did have a small child, um, Laura, that died at a young age. But it was before that building was ever even thought of. It was before it was ever built. So my my thought on it was that it wasn't, you know, a little Laura that had, you know, that died at a young age, of one of A.C.'s daughters. My always my thought was maybe it was something that was actually attached to that previous building. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. The uh, we we that first investigation, Marmee picked up on that girl. In fact, she tried to knock my hat off uh, at on that first investigation. You know, that's what we we first identified that that person in the basement, child yeah. in the basement.
3: Now, and Way back noticed... in the early... Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I would say way back in our early days of investigating, we, I was down there with one of my other investigators, and, you know, he kept, like, looking at his side, like, twisting, like, what? I was like, what are you looking at? He's like, he goes, I could have swore to God there's a little... You know how, like, a little kid, when they want your attention, they'll, they'll tug on your, like, on your shirt, like, mm-hmm. you know, hey, mister, look down at me. You know, mm-hmm. he kept feeling somebody tugging tugging at his shirt, you know, to get his attention, <laughs> you know? And I, and I was like, nothing there, man. He's like, something. There's like a little kid next to me tugging on my shirt. <laughs> trying to <get> my attention.
1: <laughs> that, that's the other thing is, is I remember, uh, to, well, one of the investigations we did there was a public event. Yeah, it was. And, uh, the ghost cat showed up. Uh, I think it mm. was it your father. That's, that's, that got scared the crap out of her because it came around the corner or something or whatever yeah then we yeah. we were able to I think Leslie got a picture of it in uh the room uh Mary's room Mary's and uh we we were doing I forget what it was we were doing but there was something that said the cat the cat died or whatever it was it was, yeah, it was weird.
3: and <laughs> we actually it was, heard and we've heard little like phantom meows you know there's yeah. there's been times where we would hear like meow. You know, and it wasn't like we were on the front porch or by an exterior window where a cat may have actually been outside. We'd be like up on the third floor on the interior part of the building, you know, where you're not going to hear a cat meowing outside.
2: Right, right, right. Wow. Oh, pizza from the pizza from the deads here. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, we're going to wrap it up. So anyways, no. uh, you've been listening to Ghost Chronicles. Uh, well, no, it's not time to wrap that up yet. Uh, you get me confused.
2: Well, it's a piece from the dead. It's two minutes.
1: That's all. Two minutes to one. Yeah, that's all so,
2: I'm saying. It's a lifetime.
1: Yeah. So anyways, Josh, <laughs> I mean, one thing I did notice, and I noticed from the first time I went into that building to the last time I was into that building, how the atmosphere in there had changed so much. I remember that first investigation, the the lodge was such a peaceful and calm place, but yet later on it, it became much more active and much more yeah.
3: uh, thing.
1: I mean, did you notice that
3: yourself? We did. You know, I think over time, you know, there was so much investigating, so much energy put into the entire building. Mm-hmm. I think maybe we stirred something up that just didn't want to be stirred up inside that room. Uh, you know, I, I think cause we brought in so many different psychics and mediums, clairvoyance, which is that did so many different, you know, things to raise that energy uh, uh over time. It just continued to build and build and build to the point where that became just as haunted and just as active as the rest of the house.
2: Mhm. Mm.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I
2: I always felt in that room like it was um electric.
1: Mm. It in was that so there
2: But that's when I, by by the point in time that I went there, I was there 2 or 3 times. That's yeah. Always, how it felt to me.
1: Now we do have to go. Yeah. Left. You've been listening to Ghost Chronicles: Next Generation with the end and Ron right here on at Paradox Radio. Uh, special guest tonight has been Josh Mantello from Berkshire Paranormal in the Houghton Mansion. And Josh, if anybody wants to get a hold of you, uh, how can they do that?
3: Oh, boy, I don't have much anymore. I, my my online presence is pretty diminished. Um, right. jay Mantello, so first initial last. First initial, last name, and one word on Facebook, J. Mantello Photo. Um, you can reach me through there. And Berkshire Paranormal's Facebook is still up, um, but we don't really use it. But right. it's, if you message it, I, I'll get it.
1: <laughs> we got to go now. Thank you so much for uh, Thanks, joining Josh. us, Josh. It's been a blast. Good night, so- everyone. God bless. See you next week.
2: Good night. Good night, everybody.